You are listening to the Word Bros Podcast. The WordBros.com. What's up? Welcome to the second edition of the Word Bros podcast. We are the Word Bros. My name is Bob. Hello and welcome. And I'm Kevin. Thank you for coming to the Word Bros podcast. And together we uh, form the The mighty duo. Yes, the mighty duo that is Word Bros. Um, We talk about comics and comic creators. And today we're excited because we get to talk to our friend and... uh, Amazing artist, Mr. Drew Moss, who's currently working on three. That's right, three books. I don't at know. At the same time. Yes, he's working on three books at the same time. One of them is Copperhead. Maybe he can go into some of the other things that he's working on as well. I don't know, so I'm not going to say. But yeah, he's working on three books at the moment. So he's just doing it and doing it and doing it well. We're talking about that on War Bros today? I thought, we were, I thought this was the manscaping one. No, that's, that's next week. That's oh, next week. Okay. That's manscaping, next week. Everyone should do it. Public service announcement. I find it weird that you would talk about that when you have a gigantic beard. Like you have this huge beard, but you have no pubes. I, I, I landscape. I landscape the hell out of the beard, though. So if I didn't, it would like it would grow like this way. It would be like out. Okay, because I thought it'd be funny. Like if as you go down, you have less hair until you get to your feet and you're just completely bald. That'd be really fun. That'd be great. <laughs> yeah, it's like a like a well, fuel went that way. Like a fuel gauge or something. Like full and medium MD. <laughs> but yeah um i guess um i don't really know we're gonna talk to drew i'm gonna shoot him over the link he said you wanted to do like an intro i read a really interesting article that a friend of ours posted on um on facebook it was a comic beat article about the problem with marvel comics and like i read that as well it was a good article but this is this is my one thing okay? okay like i understand the gripe that marvel makes too many comics right like it's oh man, Marvel has too many books. They just do books for everything. I disagree with that though. But my thing is this: like, if Marvel offered you a job to write one of these books, are you going to pass it up or are you going to take the gig? I'm going to take the gig. That's what I'm saying, right? Yeah. So it's like, I mean, you would too. So like, oh, totally. And yeah. like, I look at it like, think of the writers that are writing some of these books that like that are kind of fringe Marvel books that are supposed to be really well. I've heard. Uh, Matt Rosenberg's Rocket Raccoon is amazing. Well, I mean, his Kingpin's amazing. But yeah. I mean, you can't count on every – the thing I think that Marvel's doing wrong is exactly what he said in the article. You have like Black Panther, and that did amazing. Then they broke it off into Black Panther, yeah. the World of Wakanda, and Black Panther, the crew, which I bought the first issues of both of those, just never – I still haven't read them, so I didn't buy the second. Or the, the, so I fell off, of course. Mm-hmm. Because the Black the Black Panther run with you know Stelfreeze and um, Tanisi Coates was great. Yes, it was. But actually, I, you know what? I didn't like it. I thought it was boring. I'm no, not I mean, gonna lie. You to you. That. I mean, you, you 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 should say what you think. Yeah, yeah I, I thought I thought I thought yeah. I, th- I thought it was kind of dull. I thought it was kind of Game of Thrones with with um, with Black Panther, which was kind of interesting to me. I, I dug it, but I, I, it's not for everybody. I would agree yeah. with you there too. It's not. You're like nothing happened. Nothing happened. And I mean, they're, they're building. And you're they're like, building, oh. and I think it's kind of a waste of Stelfreeze's art because he's such an amazing and dynamic artist that like it just sucks that he's just drawing a bunch of dudes standing around. I mean, it, that's. I don't think your your opinions wrong but i mean that's a hot take right here bro (laughs) (laughs) 
I don't think it's wrong. I just think that they're like it was more like Coates isn't really a comic book writer, no, so he's not. I don't I don't think that he that he understood that you can get to stuff faster. But he's I think novel novel writer. I think he is he is a novel writer trying to write a comic, and you can kind of tell in some instances. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'll go back and read some of it, but it's just, yeah, I just wanted more things to happen. But I think, like, my point being when we first started this whole conversation yeah. was if Marvel offered me this job, I'm taking them. Yeah, so it's, like, I mean, it's like a weird double-edged sword. Like, like, people outside of the industry are bitching and moaning about it, but then people who are in the business are like, fuck, yeah, I'd take that gig in a second, you know? Right, right. Which, hey. which, is, which is the thing with it. it yeah. And the other thing with it was the whole thing with, um, you know, I agree with there's too many offshoot books, like six Spider-Man books is too many, but I agree with that too. Uh, but you know, what but again, they, if they offered me to write like the opportunity to write a Spider-Man book, would you turn that down Spider- and go, no, nah, there's too many, like, no, nah, there's too many Spider-Man books. I'm would not doing not, it. Would you not write Venom? Is there, is there a particular Spider-Man character you would not write? I would or, write, I mean, as long as I can write dialogue of Spider-Man, I'd be happy. Well, yeah, but I mean, Spider-Man not be, might not be part of that book. Like, I don't know. Like, I'd get there. I'd get, I'd get there. <laughs> find a way to put I'd him in. Find there. a way to put Peter in. Even, that book. even if it was just Peter, like, and yeah. just doing something random, like making mac and cheese or yep. whatever. Oh, this mac and cheese is delicious. Oh uh, man, I used too much milk again, and then, <laughs> and then Venom comes crashing through the wall. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. But that's why I just thought it was kind of interesting. Like, I'm thinking to myself, like, yeah, I've I've heard myself make these arguments about comics. Like, there's just too many books, and like, blah blah blah. But here we are, you and me, actively pushing books and and. And, and, and what's the word I'm looking for? Pitching books. On, Pitching. And everybody's always like, there's too many books, but it's like, no, 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 there's not enough of my books. Do you know what I'm saying? It's, well, like, it's different because we're pitching creator-owned books. So like, we don't really have any like, like time-honored characters that, that, that we're trying to sell to someone. Like, yeah, but at, the, but at the end of the day, what's the end goal? Is to have that character become time honored. No, but the, but the main, but a lot of these dudes' end goal is that are pushing books on our level and even some a little bit higher. Well, it's to get to Marvel or DC. It's to get to Marvel or DC. You know what I'm saying? So it's just kind of weird. So I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I see by the top of his head, I see our dear friend Drew Moss is here. Drew? Hello. Drew, are you there? I am here. There you go. I hear you. I hear you lovely. And I see your ceiling. So I know you're good. Well, I can wait one sec. One sec. I don't need to see your face. I like seeing the uh, the, stucco? the the vent in your in the in your roof. <laughs> you know he's breathing. That's good. Oh, that, that, uh, that, that that reminds me of those things that we saw at that con. Remember? Yeah, the, the Drew blanks. I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to edit that out. But yes. <laughs> Those stupid things that that guy sold like a crazy person. <laughs> that that's exactly what it was. And it would have a Drew saying, like whatever Drew would say, like what's a topical Drew saying? <laughs> Shit, man. Like cookies or something. <laughs> and that would that would be the penis. That would be the Drew one. <laughs> so we're joined today by the hardest working man in comics, uh, professional artist. For how long have you been a full time artist now, Drew? I think five years. Five years full time. Right now, he's currently working on Copperhead with uh, with Jay Faber. Faber through Image Comics. Uh, can we say what else you're working on, or can we do we have to keep that quiet? I 
I don't think we can say. Okay, but he's working on some stuff for IDW, and he's working on some other stuff. Uh, he's the hardest working man in the business. You may know him from Terrible Lizard from Oni or The Crow from IDW. Or, or The Colonized, which is my favorite. Yeah, from IDW. Ladies and gentlemen, Drew Moss, our dear friend. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> so what are you working on right now? Is it the secret project you can't talk about? Yes, that's what I'm about to do. Um, I, to be honest with you, I totally forgot we were doing this. That's okay. I mean, you can, but the cool part about this is you can just draw and talk to us while you draw. And that is the coolest part. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, if we find that you're getting boring or you're over it, we'll just go, all right, Drew, thanks oh, for talking to us. Oh, <laughs> we're getting boring. Yeah. Yeah, that happens. Yeah. I'm, I'm lovely and I'm never bored with you guys. No, you're the best. You're the best. Now, yeah, you've been professional. You've been a professional full-time comic artist for probably, yeah, about five years. But how long have you been actually doing comics? Like, how long have you been in the field of comics? Uh, my first comic was uh, Sidekick and Hero in 2004. 2004. Wow. That's 13 years. Yeah, that's a long time. That is a long time. Like when you just sit there and say, yeah, I've been doing this for 13 years. It's like, wow, man, that's, that's well, that a long time. That doesn't even count. Like, like before that, before that, when I used to go on the message boards and do draws against like Ryan Otley and tons of other people. Um, even message boards that like Scotty Young was on and stuff like that. It was like Ed McGinnis had his own message board and Sanford Green was part of his crew. The Artzilla dudes. Artzilla. Yeah. yeah that's, um, that's an amazing name. I still have one of their uh, convention sketchbooks actually from that's like awesome. I think 1999 something like that. So you're so what you're saying is you're a lifer. You're doing this and you're going to do this forever basically. Yes. This is what I do. I, I like like anybody. When you have a job, um, there are moments where you 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 bitch and moan. But in in all reality, um, I love what I do. So uh, it's just you know it's human nature. Not, you know, not it's not that you're not unhappy. It's just you know no one's ever one hundred percent comfortable all the time. Um, and if you are, then you're like a robot or something. But it, or Kardashian. Or Kardashian. Or if you're Robert. Or you're a, robo, a robot Kardashian. What if you're a Kardashian from Deep Space Nine? Does that count too or not? Nah? Uh, well, no, I, I think that they're like rebels. The Kardashians? No, man. They're they're hardcore. You need to go back and watch DS9. They're, they're scoundrels. Yeah, they? they're ter yeah, yeah. They're like, oh, okay, they're okay. like space I, I, Nazis. I was, I was thinking it was that... that Okay, Deep Space Nine, the thought I was thinking was the the security ladies race. Yeah, I don't even watch the show, but I know they had wicked necks. Yeah, they have. They, they look like they like they mix with a cobra, like a human being. Oh, okay. a cobra. Yeah. Wrong, wrong, wrong Star Trek. Yeah. You're thinking, I think you're thinking of Bajorans. And they were Bajorans, the, that is what I'm thinking of. Very good. Yeah, yeah, those things are nice. Yeah, Bajorans, Bajorans are cool. They have their own weird kind of thing going on, like space gods and shit like that. But we're not here to discuss that. But you have done uh, Star Trek books too, right? <laughs> yes, I have. I've done covers for Star Trek. Actually, to tie it back in. Uh, but yes, I, I do a lot of stuff. You um, do do a lot of stuff. You do, yeah. It's, it's amazing, isn't it? It's just crazy. It's just crazy. And it's interesting to watch your kind of career evolve because I've known you since 2009, I think. 
Yeah, it's, we, it, we did. Uh, uh, we were doing cons when cables weren't comped. Yes. So it was about eight years ago. Yeah, I, I remember. I think the first show that you and I did together was Heroes 2011. Yes. Because that's and, when, yeah, that's when I first lost my radio gig, and you and I went down to Charlotte, North Carolina, together, and we had the most awful. I mean, we got our asses handed to us all weekend. Oh yeah. Like, I, I was in the hole that show. Oh my god. <laughs> like I was like embarrassed to go home, but uh, I had a great time. Yeah. So did I. We. How many free cookies did we eat that weekend? <laughs> we ate enough. We ate enough free cookies that the Hilton took them away from us. We were staying at the Hilton downtown, and when you checked in, right over on the left-hand side, they had like a little table set up, like a courtesy table of like there was um there cookies was and orange juice. There was and cookies water. and orange juice and fancy cucumber water. And Drew and I were just like, oh snap, cookies. And so we just grabbed like a handful of cookies, checked into our room. Went upstairs, came back downstairs, had more cookies, went to dinner, had more cookies, went back upstairs. We were watching the NBA finals and we yeah. went downstairs to get more cookies and they were gone. And we're like, hey, what happened to the cookies? And they looked at us like, you know what happened to them. <laughs> was, yeah, way too many. She, she looked at us and she smiled and she said, we're out of cookies. And you said, you a damn liar. <laughs> it was a knowing smile because Bob was also Bob is probably also harping on that cucumber water because he fancy. I am fancy. I am fancy. Yeah. This, yeah. That was I remember that show specifically, and man, it was just tough. But it's cool because your profile. I mean, to know you then and to know you now. I mean, it's insane. Like it's it's completely bonkers. And like, how have you taken that success? Like, how how was that road? I haven't even thought about it, man. Like, uh, um, I. Just, I really try not to think about it. Um, I'm reminded of it sometimes, not of success, but like <laughs> that, that I, that I actually work in the industry. Like as in, um, you know, that struggle to break in that, uh, that invisible wall that everybody's trying to break through. Um, it's just odd. Sometimes I forget I'm on the other side. Mm-hmm. And that now I'm I'm not trying to break in. I'm just trying to stay in. Yes. Um. So, um, back then and now, oh my God! Like I, if I could tell myself back then what I know now, um, I probably still wouldn't have gotten in there any faster. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it, it's a, uh, um, it's a lot of work. Uh. It's hard to explain, like, you know, you hear the horror stories of, like, people just, like, locking them in, themselves in rooms and, and like, you know, working and working and meeting crazy deadlines or not even meeting crazy deadlines, just the amount of work that's involved. And uh, it's all stories until it happens to you, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and when it does, it's like when you when you break – you break through that struggle. Like you kind of look at other dudes who are doing it too. And you go, yeah, man, you know, I kind of get it. Like, like it's not a game. We all joke and stuff about like comics and funny books and stuff, but like actually working in the industry and, and meeting these impossible things sometimes, uh, you know, it's like a, it's, it's almost like a, a fraternity of sorts. You know, I would say a brotherhood, but there's, you know, there's a lot of ladies in the game too. Now, so. It's, it's interesting because you mentioned uh, the, like the wall, like the invisible wall that you had to break through. 
explain what that means to people that might be listening to this that have no idea what you're talking about. Because there, right. is, there is that wall, and it seems like it's, it's at every tier of success, if that makes oh, sense. And it's totally tangible. Like, it's not like a, something that's made up. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like um, that invisible wall. Like, the, the, the line between somebody who attends a show and somebody who's, like, a pro uh it's 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 huge you know um uh when you to break through this wall like you have to do many things one you you have to prove yourself you know you have to prove to people you can do the work um that you're not like you know somebody who's just all talk and and is a hobbyist which i you know i don't mean that in a bad way because i mean being a hobbyist is fine too if that's what you want to do like it's it's totally fine but if you want to do it professionally it's like um you have to show people your commitment um to the craft and to the to to comics in its in its entirety you know um you also have to be knowledgeable um of the people in the industry whether they be editors writers artists um uh you know, letters, colorists, like whatever, you, uh, people, publishers, and who's the, you know, EIC or the, who's the publisher, who's the the senior editor, like you kind of have to be aware of these things too, like, because, I mean, that's your job, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, when you, your job is to like, is constant flux, because as a freelancer, that's what you're, you're in. Um, you're never like, on solid ground, it seems, you know? Um, yeah, that's a good point. Cause a lot of people that make, like a lot of people that get to a certain point in comics, say it's harder to stay where you are than to actually get that first published credit. Like it's harder to stay in the game than to yeah. actually, than to get that first go round, if that makes sense. Yeah, so, well, I mean, you, when you get that first go round, it's like, what I did, I mean, and I don't know if this is like how everybody else does it. Um, like you don't stay complacent. Like, you have to like continuously look. Now my problem is, is, is getting like getting too much work and like making myself crazy. Um, <laughs> but I mean, that's the only way I know how to do it to, to, you know, maintain a mortgage, maintain car payments, maintain utility bills, you know, like it's, um, it's kind of how what I learned to do growing up. It's like you don't just get things; you work for things. Mm-hmm. You know, like nothing's ever given to you, and even when it is, there's always some form of payment you pay, whether you're paying it to somebody else or yourself. You know. Um, Speaking of which, was there somebody that helped you along? Like, uh, like well, you, you mentioned message boards, and oh man, uh, you know, I, there's a lot of people who helped me, but I would say the first person. Uh, well, there's two people. There's the first person who ever helped me um, was Courtney Huddleston, and he got me my first book. But the person who launched, well, there's two people who launched, I would say, my career. Um, and that would be Mike Exner, uh, who I met on digital webbing back in the late 90s. Um, he actually uh, paid for a portfolio review with Chris Ryle, uh, the editor-in-chief at the time of IDW. Um, and then I would say Chris 
uh, Ryle was was instrumental in keeping me um, working at the beginning uh, constantly, like consistently, um, and getting my name out there. Like uh, he really went above and beyond when it came to like helping me understand what to do and uh, um, kept me kept my head in the game, so to speak, you know. But Exner and Ryle, I would say, like career-wise, they were the people who, who, who launched what, what became, I don't know, like what I am today, I guess. See, that's weird too because I have not, ad, because I'm nowhere as successful in this business as you are at this point. But uh, when I started doing it a little bit more seriously, Drew said to me, "Hey, you should talk to this dude. His name is Mike Exner. He's a writer. You should talk to that guy." I said, okay, cool. So I just kind of hit Exner up on Gchat and we started chatting and like we became like editors for one another. And, and he was the first person to go like, you don't edit any of this stuff. You don't have anybody look at this. So Exner was kind of looking at comics from a whole nother level. And the first thing that he ever looked, the, only, the first thing he edited for me was Monty the Dinosaur. And I've always said that Exner has helped me become a better writer as well because he, it's nice to have someone who thinks that way, who thinks like an editor when you're not used to working with one. Yeah, and, and he also is, uh, he's not afraid to tell you, like, what, how he feels about it. No, not at all. Which is great, you know? It's like people are too afraid to hurt other people's feelings. Well, um, I'm not saying that he's mean or anything. I'm just saying that... Uh, but he ain't bullshitting you. <laughs> no, he, he, he doesn't have time to waste. Yeah. Like, he wants to see you improve. So he does, and that's what it's for. I mean, like, Exner's the kind of guy, like, if you have an idea that's half cock, and you go, hey, I got this really cool idea. He'll call you on it in a and heartbeat. He, you will, and he'll go, well, what, what's the motivation here? What does this happen? How do, why is this happening? Like, who knows about that? And it's like, damn, son. I, he, he's asking questions that you should be thinking about, but you just kind of put off because you have a cool, you have one cool idea. Yeah, you have a cool concept. You know? You're putting that to the backside for, instead of, putting story and character first well, you Mike's get lost in your love yeah. of, of your project right he he breaks that love and just rip it rips its heart out and, and <laughs> while you get to watch it beating in front of you yeah and the, and the fun part is when you get to do it back to him because i've got to do it to him too and it's it is it's it's good because it's 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 progress it is you know, you're, you're helps helping. you yeah and it really does man so i think that's that's key like you just need somebody like to just pull your card every now and then oh. and in your case like you know extra kind of got your work out in front of ryle and you just kind of reign with it because after that happened you did the um what the i have the page of it right here as a matter of the, colonized. the colonized no he did this this is Aliens. the zombies and robots i did i did I got the page right here it's me attacking some lady as a zombie. <laughs> that's true i gotta and get that framed i got um yeah his first gig he got me was a pinup for uh i forget the name of that book but it was like uh um of an alien who smoked two cigarettes at once <laughs> And then I did that, and then he got me a gig at Image, um, Outlaw Territory. Oh, that's two. right. And I have then, Yeah. <laughs> and then he got me a gig doing zombies versus robots with people who were, like, way better than me, um, which was amazing. And then The Colonized and then The Crow. The Colonized and, is a great mini. Uh, I love that book. Because that's, that's something that I think flew under the radar in some instances. Tell people what The Colonized is about, Drew. Yeah, so they can go pick it up. Cause it's yeah. um, the Colonized is, is essentially a separatist um, 
and by separatists, I mean like people who live in the United States but recognize themselves as another country and not crazy by the laws. People. Crazy yes. people. Yes, crazy people. <laughs> um, uh, aliens who I would say discover the earth um, and then uh, how they bungle into like creating zombies on accident by using one of their tractor beams um, to, to grab a human well, they were trying to grab a human uh, sample or person so they could introduce themselves, so they could kind of, like, try it out. Um, and they end up pulling, like, a coffin up, and it actually brings, like, a, a dead person back to life. Um, and it immediately attacks them, and they think that all people are like that. <laughs> so they kind of freak out. Um, and then their, their spaceship crashes um, in this town, and... Uh, there's two sets of people. There's people who are extremists in that town, and there's just people who are just trying to live. And um, there's that. It's a great there's book. A, yeah, there's a lot of pulse and pull. There's an ATF guy who's like hiding in town trying because he thinks they're trying to stockpile bombs. Um, so then there's the aliens and the zombies, and all this all this stuff ensues. And one day, I hope that Ryle we want to do a sequel. I mean, we've talked about it a couple of times, but nothing that is solid. Um, but I mean, I love that book. That's and, a, that's a, you did a four issue mini on that, right? Yes. Yes. And then yeah. after that, it was just kind of bing, pang, zoom. Like you've been working nonstop ever since. Yes. <laughs> nonstop <laughs> ever since. Um, yeah. It, it, with Cullen Bunn, I yes. did a, a bunch of stuff with him. Um, Super what nice are, guy. Some of those books, so people that haven't uh, heard. Can... Um, Terrible Lizard, Blood you, Feud. Yeah. I did In the Dark with him. That's right, uh, the IDW anthology. That's we right. did the monst famous monsters with him, um, which was a monster truck story. Um, we've done a lot of stuff together. Kind of all kind of jumbles up together. Uh, like we've done pitches for things that didn't happen. Um, but sometimes I, I can't I can't distinguish what didn't happen and what did because like your mind gets like um, caught up in like just the ideas. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I've done a lot of stuff with different people. Charles Soule once. Yeah, you did um, Letter Forty Four. That just wrapped up too. Yeah, I, they just may put my book and my issue into a trade, which nice. is awesome. I had to give them a bio, and I wrote a bio about how I didn't like writing bios. Um, which they were totally fine with. Cause I mean, I, I didn't want to do it as like a knock to them. I just did it because uh, I hate writing bios. Well, like, it's very difficult to talk about yourself in, in that kind of stretch yeah. in, that, in that sense. Yeah. I had to look up online how to write a good bio. <laughs> it, it told me like to talk in third person. Like I was Floyd Mayweather. Or something. Like you're Muhammad Ali. Yeah. Drew, like you were the rock. Yeah, I mean, you had to do the Drew Moss thing, and then it says to put something funny, but also add facts, and you know, make sure that you you give people information on where they can find more of your work and all that stuff. Um, so yeah, my original one was a, a Discovery Channel finding a monster, or, um, looking for Bigfoot type thing, but that didn't fly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but Todd Dezago used it in the Telos anthology. So. Yeah, because you just did that too. You did the Telos anthology. I did, and I forgot I did that. Yeah, and that's a that's a great series, man. How did you get hooked up with that? How did you get hooked up with the Telos I, anthology? Eric Donovan, uh, good friend Eric Donovan, uh, who was um, 
a Ringo scholarship guy said Todd was looking for people and if he, if I wanted to be uh, considered and I said, sure, I would love to because I, I, I knew Mike and uh, I've always wanted to work with Todd. So, because I mean, I was in love with his uh, sensational Spider-Man, you know, when he did the Doctor Strange story with uh, the gremlin things and then he does like a Savage Land story. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that was good stuff back then. So, and, and Mike drew them, you know, so um, it was kind of like a dream come true, you know. So, yeah, and Todd was really cool. He he was super nice. He he was like above and beyond a uh, gentleman. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I would love to work with him again. I mean, we've talked about that too, but um, I, I got so much on the burner that, uh, you know, you, there's only so much a, a one person can do. And I think you're actually stretching the limits of what one person can do at the moment because you have, you have two secret projects that you can't discuss and probably your, I would say this is maybe your highest profile gig uh, of your career is you're doing uh, Copperhead with Image and Jay Faber. Tell us how you landed that one. Um, actually, it's the crazy thing is, is uh, I did nothing. Uh, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, uh, Jay just asked me, he, he messages me on uh, Twitter or, Facebook and he goes hey your name keeps popping up um do you want to do Copperhead and I said uh sure but what's Copperhead um that's a that's a good way to, that's a good start Drew <laughs> yes what is this what am I doing sometimes you're your own worst enemy man <laughs> I know and then he goes he goes well don't be offended but I also don't know what you're doing <laughs> and I said I totally am not um, offended, so uh, I would love to see Copperhead, and um, he sent me the first ten issues. And, and for those of you that aren't reading Copperhead, Copperhead is this fantastic space western. It is. It's fantastic. It's really good. Um, and I read the first six issues, and I emailed him, and I said, "Hey, I have to do this." Um, and he said, "Well, if you want to, you know, do a test page for Stevenson." And if he likes it, then you're on. And that's and Eric, I, Eric Stevenson. The Eric Stevenson. Okay. Yeah, I, not like we're friends. I don't know even why. <laughs> like, you know, I have him on my phone or something. Um, you have him on speed dial. Why, yeah. you, why are you front like Everybody's on speed dial. What are you talking about? <laughs> I only have like six friends. Um, <laughs> so uh, he liked it. And uh, I started. It was... Um, and I love doing it. Like uh, Copperhead is is it's so much fun. Like I, I don't I can't even explain. Like um, when you do a book and you just really just enjoy it. Uh, like I don't know. Like I mean, I guess you'd think that would be every book, but that's not true. Like it's eventually everything becomes work. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but with Copperhead, I haven't hit that place, and I'm I'm already six issues in. So. Um, if I can hit six issues and not get bored, then it must be something special. So now, now for, let me explain something to me here, because you're talking about you know your work is being shown to editors in chief of IDW and you know the editor in chief at at uh, at Image. Like, do you get, ever get like stage fright doing any of this stuff? Because I mean, like the amount of pressure that is on you, because you know that your work is i mean this is your the best representation you have of you and like this is make or break kind of stuff for you so i mean do you ever feel like 
holy shit, like the whole weight of the world is on you? You know what? You want to hear something crazy? Oh, and that was a really good question. Thanks. Um, Thanks. It, 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 you know, it, it, I, am a, I am a professional. Believe it. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. Um, um, I, I will tell you the truth. Uh, no. Really? Um, like, okay. And like, remember how we were talking about that in, invisible wall? Yes. Breaking in. Um, here's one of the, 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 I will say the, the biggest ingredient of that, of that is, is you can't be afraid to fail. Um, cause you're going to do it a lot. Like you're going to fail so much. It, it's like, <laughs> that's great it, advice though. It, it is, it is inevitability that you were going to fail and you're going to fail hard, like a bunch of times, but like you're also going to succeed. Um, and those times when you do, it's really sweet. Like, um, but I never go in with expectations anymore okay so um it's like if i get told no then it's just no and i just move on like i never sit on that no i do get anxiety about other things um my big anxiety with topperhead was that it was it's such a good book uh and it has such a great artist already like scott galuski is like amazing um that i would disappoint people how about that? Like, that's my thing. Like, not doing the book, it's disappointing people who already love the book. That was my anxiety. Okay. But the, um, but the issue came out. So what was the, re- like, just so people know who haven't read it, what was the response to your issue 11 that came out? Um, really positive. Uh, like, uh, only only one set of people, and they they probably won't hear this if they do, F you guys. <laughs> Is that the thing we were listening to together? Yes. No, I'm okay. joking. I'm joking. I, I'm, not, I'm not mad. I don't care. Uh, Maybe but, five people will hear this. No, I just want to say the ridiculousness of their comments. Well, I mean, and it's, it's just, it's like they were fabricating stuff that like never happened, but in their heads, I guess did. So, um, you know, good on you for <laughs> insulting me. But then apologizing. It's fine. I don't, I don't think it was an insult per se. Um, it just, you know, man, I don't know. That was, that no, was, that was a it, weird, that was a weird thing. Cause we listened to that together. We did. And, uh, but I mean, it was fine. I mean, and it was fun to hear you yell at the people doing the <laughs> podcast. Like, that's not true. That's not how it happened at all. Like, yeah, like, like he was watching a sports game. Yeah, Drew, yes. Hear you. <laughs> yes, it was exactly that. I, I'm like that guy in a horror movie. He's like, don't look, behind, don't look behind the door. What, are what the you fuck? Don't go in there. <laughs> I would have already been home. <laughs> yeah, it, it, but no, I mean, it was it was really positive. And and when I and the first con I went to after was in Kentucky. Thank you, Justin Stewart. Um, who's an awesome dude. Yes, he's a very. That was awesome a great dude. show. It was. I had an awesome. I had a really good time. Um, but uh, like everybody there was. Like I, I, I almost forgot that I had already I had done Copperhead. Is is that a like <laughs> is that believable? Like I just forgot that that was something I did, um, and that the issue had come out because uh, I finished the first run, like the first four issues in January or Damn. December. So it was like it, it's almost distant memory, like issue eleven. <laughs> um, so when it came out March, 
uh, we went to that show in Kentucky. What was it? Kentucky Toy? It was the Lexington. Lexington. Lex- Lexington. Toy and Comic Con. Yes. It, it was uh, people responding to it. And I was like, oh, yeah, I did that. Um, and just because Drew's modest, he had a lady come by who oh. was a super big fan of Copperhead and was like, like, didn't know that, like, there was any more issues. Got super excited and and bought Copperhead and other stuff because she was so excited that there was more issues. She was a super nice lady. She just kept buying more and more stuff. I felt bad. I was like, oh, my God. You felt bad that she's paying your mortgage. (laughs) No, she just kept adding stuff. I'll take this. I'll take this. I'll take this. You drew Copperhead? I'll I'll take this Copperhead. She was like, I'll take this Copperhead. I'll take this. How much for this? And he was like, I I don't know. Uh, (laughs) Think about that. And then how about this? And she's like, okay, cool. And it was just that quick, and like it was amazing. So it was amazing to watch. That's gonna make you feel great, man. It, it does. I mean, the appreciation people give is is amazing. Her like face that. lit up. Her face lit up as soon as she was like, "Oh man, you draw this!" It was like amazing. <sighs> so that was great. And then his face lit up back. He was like, oh. <laughs> "So it was awesome to watch." Yeah, well, I mean, the uh, interaction. I, I will say. Um, I don't have like a lot of negative people in my life, really. Like even on Facebook and stuff, like, you know, you have all those people who post those political posts and they get into these fights and all that. If you look at my Facebook feed, it's not there. Um, uh, I don't know if I'm just really good at unfollowing like people or, or whatever, but I mean, uh, most of the people I interact with are generally like positive people. So like even when I go to cons, it, it just it just feels that way as well, you know. Well, I I can say because Kevin and I have both kind of tabled with you as like your assistant. Uh, I was your first wife when you were struggling. Kevin's your trophy wife when things are going great. Uh, <laughs> My beard, but, but but there's always, and I think it's a really good point. And this is something that Drew and I kind of learned together when you're doing these shows. Like Drew's table has always been like it's almost like a like a rec room, just people hanging out and like talking and having a good time. And like you, Drew is not hard pitching anyone. Like you're yeah. just, you're just chatting and like Drew and I have always equated it to we're making friends for the weekend. Like we're going to be nice to everybody. Everybody's hopefully everyone's going to be nice in return. We're going to have genuine conversations with them about the things they're interested in, the things they like, the things they're buying. And, and that kind of helps things come back around a little bit more for you as a creator who's trying to sell your book. Because if people like you, if people genuinely like you and they think you're a nice person, they will drop five bucks on a book or maybe, you know, 25 bucks on a print or, you know, 50 on a, on a sketch or something like that. It, I've seen it happen. Or, or they yeah. tell their friends to come by yeah. because they're just like, you were just super nice to me. So I sent some people your way. Um, and that's the thing about doing these shows, man. Like, Whatever mood you're in when you walk in the door, as soon as you sit down behind that table and you set up your con banner, you got to turn it on. You got to be ready to roll. You, you got to put all that shit behind you and you just got to, you got to put on your happy face and you got to just, and you just got to do it. Cause that's, yeah. that's what resonates with people. And I've seen it happen. Like how many times have we done heroes where like, we'll see the same people two, three years in a row. Oh yeah. I see you know, the same just group of back. people every year. Uh, I, uh, like it's grown every year, but like, I will say I probably have a 
dozen to like two dozen people that I see every Heroes Con. Um, and that's not other artists. I'm talking like people who I consider total, I mean, they're my friends. Uh, they're no longer like, there's no like um, separation between like customer and, and, and whatever. Like they're legit my friends, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's awesome. Like, like, I know their names. Uh, I see them, and and I always catch up on what they're doing or what they've been up to. And, and some of them um, even order repeat commissions and stuff like that. So. Yeah, that that's really cool. And sometimes they feel obligated to get them. And I, I mean, I've told a few like, you don't have to buy anything yeah. from me. I don't really care. Like I, um, I take pre-con commissions, and that gets me in the black. Like I come to the show, the Heroes, because like. The people at Heroes have supported me since, well, I mean, the longest. Um, like, they comped me a table when I probably shouldn't have been comped one. Uh, they've taken care of me, like, not, you know, I wouldn't say, like, they've never paid for rooms and stuff, which I've never asked. But I'm saying, like, they, they've taken care of me, like, in location, like, where I'm sitting. Yeah. Um, Rico and Shelton have always been, like, overly nice and, and, I call them friends. Well, Rico more than Sheldon. I don't really talk to him too much, but he's been super nice when he has talked to me. But uh, like Rico, I mean, I totally, he's, he's, I love talking to Rico. I, I look forward to hanging out with him in West Virginia. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see him too. He's a good dude. Yeah, he's super awesome. And, and his knowledge of like, he's a foodie all the way. <laughs> he's and, a funny dude. Yeah. yeah he where to eat at Kentucky. So he wears glory. Awesome shoes. Uh, <laughs> he does always have things. And yeah. he's one of the best colorists in the business. He yeah. is crazy talented. Well, it's not just even his color. It's like his design sense is out, like totally like off the charts, you know? And he knows where to get good chicken and waffles at. Yeah, and he's he just – and the cool part about it is he <laughs> just a, he's just a cool dude. Like he's just a genuine guy who's got like a family and like who just does this and kind of wants to go home. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like he's just a dude, man. You know what I mean? He's yeah. a, he's a down-to-earth cat. Uh, and I love that. Like because, you know, I mean I'm, the thing I tell people all the time, like I actually had a guy ask me uh, – well, a guy asked me, uh, like, how to break in recently. Um, like, what do you need to do? And Okay, good, because that was my next question. That was, that I would like to ask. <laughs> well, I mean, the thing I told him is, like, you need patience. And I mean, this is stuff no one wants to hear because they, they want the, the golden ticket. You know, they want Willy Wonka to give them the factory. and It just doesn't happen like that. Um, like, you, my – my main piece of advice is finish stuff. <laughs> like, I know that sounds crazy, but it, it finish things. Like, don't do part of things. Like, actually finish things. Whether it's a page, five pages, a story, but finish it. Like, stop telling me what you're going to do. Like, do it. Mm -hmm. um, another thing is don't go to a con thinking you're going to, like, sweet talk and swindle people and, and just go to a con and be genuine learn people's names build relationships and in the long run that's going to do you better than kissing ass like no one wants to talk about getting you a job after drawing or working for 10 hours straight at a con 
um, what they want to do is relax and, and actually have meaningful conversations with people most of the time, or maybe they're just doing something else. But me, I'd rather talk to somebody and, and get something from that, you know, and then you're, you build relationships like that. And the next time a job comes up, maybe your name comes up, maybe it doesn't, who cares? Um, you can feel honest with yourself at least, you know, that you, you were a genuine person. Uh, but become a part of the community because um, it's so small. Like, don't just hop in and out. Like, like actually, like, care about other people in the community as they care about you. I mean, the comics community has helped me out more times than I can count, like, through financial burdens or just emotionally dealing with, like, um, I don't know, feeling isolated, you know? just like talking to other artists and writers who are just like, yeah, I get, I feel the same thing, you know, um, being that you're in your own cocoon for like 16 hours a day, you know? And I mean, uh, you love your families and you love your, but when you sit at home all day by yourself and you're all in your own head, um, it, it can be very isolating. So um, other creators uh, feel that. And, and like, I mean, I've talked to Bobby about it and Kevin, I've talked to Cullen about it. I've talked to uh, Justin Greenwood about it. Like, I, I just talk to people about it. Um, Air Donovan, like you just talk about it. Like you can't bottle it in. So like I said, if you build real relationships and, and you'd speak to people like they're actual people and stop, not opportunities. Um, I think in the long run, you'll have a stronger career. If, if that makes sense. I mean, maybe I'm crazy. No, it makes total sense. Um, so what would be a good piece of advice to give someone who wants to break through the comics wall as, say, an artist? Um, as an artist, yes. uh, the biggest piece of advice is, like I said, finish things. Like when you show your portfolio, you show it um, on the specific thing you want to do. Like if you, if you want to be a penciler, don't show me a bunch of inks, you know? Um, also, uh, make sure everything's finished, make sure it's small. Um, so when you show editors, I mean, they don't have time to sit there and look through 30 pages. Like, you know, I, I would probably say six pages is probably good. Maybe eight at the most, like that's probably too much. Um, make sure it's sequential work. If you want to work in comics, like don't just show a bunch of pinups and that's just standard stuff. Um, and also, here's here's something not standard because I feel like I'm regurgitating stuff everybody's already heard. Um, when you say you can take critiques, you know, like how many people have you ever talked to said, "Hey, you know, I can take critiques. It don't bother me. Uh, you know, go ahead, rip me apart." But then you do it, like not rip them apart, but give them a solid critique. And they take it, but then they never listen to you. <laughs> like, they just go, oh, man, that was rough, but I'm cool. And then they never do anything that you told them to do, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's not about taking critiques. It's actually using the information you're given and improving. And then coming back, not with the same stuff you showed me a year ago, but with new stuff. Like, And I don't even know why you're showing me uh, other than to get advice. But I, I would... Uh, <laughs> If you're, if you're looking for work, um, my suggestion, if you want work, then do work. 
if that makes sense. Like, right. And would, would you say like the internet could be a helpful tool to, to, to get your, your art and stuff in front of um, other um, creatives and, and editors and such? Yes. Cause without the internet, I would have never gotten my first job. Um, See, I, I knew that. I just wanted you to tell. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you need the internet to market yourself and your ability. Um, that's not the only thing you can use. Like you, you have to go meet people. Like when you, when somebody's doing a signing in your area, go see them, like actually try and find these other professionals. If you want to be a writer, I haven't, um, go talk to other writers. Like, like why are you asking an artist how you can get a job? Like go, go talk to another writer. He can tell you. And if you, if you want to work with somebody, just ask. I mean, you'd be surprised. The worst thing to say is no. That's always been my philosophy. Yeah, yeah but, I, told but I, also, no. I also think, too, that Kevin and I have talked about this. There's also kind of like that invisible wall that you're talking about where, like, if you're a nobody, you can't – it's difficult to get a pro to work with you because you're a nobody. So that it's is like true. the nobodies kind of have to stay together and kind of rise together to become a somebody to get – a pro or somebody higher up on the on the board. Well, I would I would say with. that you can as a nobody since we're both nobodies. Yes, very can, much so. You can you can at, at the bottom rung. You can pitch someone like I think this is my philosophy. You can pitch someone like one rung above you or two rungs above you. But oh, you, you guys have at, rules. At, at the most, I would say two rungs above you. That's like Kevin and I talk about this all the time, Drew. We you have do. no idea. So this is weird. <laughs> it's fun to talk about on a podcast, though. So you can go two up and, and take that chance, but you're really taking a chance there. Is that, like, is that like our nerd scale? Yes. That we it created? Is almost like our nerd yes. scale. Yes. Um, it almost. It, it's, um, it's not the same thing. Well, here, here's an example of like, okay. Um, I once asked an editor who who now is somebody like I'm not I mean okay I asked an editor once how do I get work <laughs> like literally was like I you know I'm not going to act like I'm your best friend I'm not going to like do all these like things that I will feel dirty about <laughs> I, I just want to get work and I I don't want to come off like I'm trying to use you um, you know, and I'm not saying in the future that we wouldn't become friends. I'm just saying I don't want to be, be disingenuous. And like, I was scared to write that email because I thought he would just blow me off and not answer me. <laughs> um, but no, he totally did. He he just said that's how you do it. You just ask. Like that's our job. Um, if we don't have anything, you know, then we don't. But if we do, and, and you know, we feel that you can handle it, then then will offer it to you or at least you know try but uh like we won't we can't we don't know unless you ask right um, so like then but i mean that's also worked in reverse for me too like lately i I've, I've been lucky and i've been asked um and you know i'm not saying that that's a normal thing because I, I i don't know uh i'm sure for people who are who do more stuff than I do. I mean, I've never worked for Marvel or DC or anything. Um, but uh, lately I've just been asked, which is insane to me. Because, uh, you know, you told told me and Bobby six years ago that I would just be, people would just be asking me to do stuff. I would tell you, you're out of your mind. 
<laughs> like I'm fighting to get work now and you're just going to give me stuff. That's crazy. I mean, but that's what happens. I mean, you know, uh, you set your goals, you meet your goals and you keep going. Now, what is, what is the end game for you? Like what's the dream gig for you? What's, what's, yeah. What's Drew, Drew Moss's ultimate book to do? Um, oh man, I don't know. Uh, I know I'm going to do Spider-Man one day. Um, I have to do Spider-Man one day. It's a, that is a personal goal. It's not my dream goal. Um, as in, I don't think that's my end all be all. Um, I just, I have to do it. Like I, you know, I don't even know how I would feel when I do it. Cause I know I am going to do it, uh, one day. So you're snappy, you'll probably cry. It'll be fantastic. I will cry. I, you're, you're <laughs> correct. Um, and it'll be amazing. It'll be like a, like that Rocky moment on the beach with Apollo. I think so. I, I mean, like, but I, that is one, um, like somebody asked me, like, um, they said, uh, what books would you do if you worked at DC? Um, and my answers were the flash, uh, Robin book. If it was ah, Tim Drake, nice. I would, nice. I would, I would love to do a Robin book. Like the like the old Chuck Dixon, like ones that came out in the nineties. Yeah, or no, just any. To tell you the truth, I love Robin. I have always I love Tim Robin. Drake, Robin too. Yeah, and I like Dick Grayson, Robin. Too. I like Dick Grayson. Um, or uh, Captain Marvel or Shazam as he's Shazam. called. Shazam! I would love Shazam. to do. A Shazam book. Um, <laughs> you crush a Shazam book. I, 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 you, you've got the chops for that. Like, it looks like every time you draw him, like he, he gets, you get better at drawing him every time you do. You like add a little another thing that, that you're like, and I and, I, and then you explain it. I threw this on because I feel like it feels more like the character. It's awesome. It's it's really cool to watch like that progress. Well, thank you. Um, and Marvel would probably be Spider Man or. Man, I draw a lot of stuff at Marvel to tell you the truth. Power Man and Iron Fist. Oh, I would, I would, <laughs> I would murder somebody. To do that. <laughs> uh, I think I almost did, but. Uh, but you were uh, really, you were really high, and <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> they never found the body. You were high on cookies, and you. It were, was an ink. He was, he was yeah. inking stuff all day, and then it, it, it was too much for him. Yeah, I, I, I was an idiot, but uh. I don't know. There's so many books I would do at Marvel. Like I would do a Shang Chi book. Yeah. I would. I would even like to do Deadpool, um, just because he's fun to draw. <laughs> uh, I think he's he's just fun to draw. Um, also, uh, Venom. I would love to do a Venom book if they just let me do whatever I wanted, which would never happen. <laughs> well, you, you never know, man. You never know. It could happen. If Copperhead blows up, you never know. They may be knocking on your door. Now, Copperhead, um, what, issue 12 just came out, what, a week ago? No, like three weeks. Issue was, 13 will be out in two weeks. Okay, so issue so 13. two weeks ago. So issue 13 will be out in two weeks. If you're not reading Copperhead, go to your you local lo, go to your local comic shop. Tell them that you want to add it to your pool. It's a great book. Drew, you're doing a great job on that book. And how much longer are you going to be doing Copperhead? Like, is that for the foreseeable future? Or um, I'll be doing up to at least issue 18. Okay. Uh, Scott's already working on issue 19, I think. Um, I'm working. I'll be working on issue 17 when the script comes in. Uh, and then I, I'm pretty sure I'm coming back on issue four, 24. Nice. So 
and then 24 until, uh, I don't know, because um, Scott's going to do four issues. So I get a hiatus, um, and I don't know if anything else cool is going to happen then. You never know. Um, Good. You never know. But I'm, <laughs> it's something like Copperhead. It's something, um, even if I got something else, um, I, I would probably still do it. Uh if Jay would want let me, um, you know, maybe we could flip. I know Scott's doing two issues of Superman in July, I think, or June. Um, I think that's what he's probably going to go back to after uh, he finishes his run of Copperhead or doing it while he's doing it. I don't know. He just announced that like a couple of days ago, I think. That's cool. Now, any other and any other image books that you would like to do? Since we mentioned Marvel DC, or the, are there any image books? You oh, you know do? the answer to that. I, I want. I want to hear it. That's all. I want to do Rumble one day. <laughs> God, that would be so much fun. You know, and I want to do it to disappoint everybody who loves Jay Heron's art, and I love his art too. <laughs> but they would see my art and be like, "Oh my God, please bring James back." <laughs> I mean, don't don't give it to this guy. I don't this, think that would happen. This. You this. like drawing monsters. It's a book about monsters and myths. I think you would crush it. Yeah, well, um, that's because you love me. Yeah, I do. <laughs> uh, you, you got me. Yeah, that uh, that James Herring guy is, is oh, he's, he's great. He's, he's great. something else, man. But, I don't but I know. Think that, but I think having you fill in on one issue would be great too. See, I would love to do it. Uh, <laughs> maybe give me some throwaway issue. You don't have to worry about it. Uh, cause I'm telling you, James is, he's a beast, man. Like he's scary good. Like to the point where you want to hate him, but he's so good. You <laughs> just love him. That's awesome. You're, you're like, I want to hate his guts, but I can't cause he's so amazing. <laughs> oh. And he's nice. Like that's the, that's the, that's, that's the always kicker. the worst is when they're nice. Yeah. Like if he was a jerk, I'd be like, okay, you can hate him. It's all right. Yeah. Like it's kind of like uh, a friend of mine and I were talking about Sean Gord Murphy, uh, I don't know, probably like eight or nine years ago when he was, um, his meteoric rise, I don't know, I, I guess you would call it that. I mean, that's a good way to describe it. Yeah. Uh, and when he, we were looking at his stuff, we're like, dude, this guy is like, just like James, like this guy is like next level, amazing. And uh, my friend goes, you know, it's the kicker, man. I was like, what's that? He's good looking too. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh my God. He's like, if he looked like a mutant, at least he could be like, well, <laughs> hey, you know, he, he's got something. He's great at art. He just looks like a awesome. triclops or something. <laughs> that's, a, that's a great way to end, I think. So, uh, yeah. so keep your eyes open for Copperhead. It's in shops now. Issues uh, 11 and 12, 13 will be coming out in a couple weeks. Pick that up from uh, Drew Moss and uh, Jay Faber and Image Comics. It's a great book. I think you really enjoy it. And just keep your eyes open because Drew's got more books and he knows what to do with it. And he always seems like you have something on the shelf. So, Drew, thank you. Thank you. Before that, where can we find you on Twitter, Drew? Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, Drew underscore Moss um, on Twitter. And if you want to follow me on Instagram, it's Drewward Moss. That's D-R-E-W-E-R-D Moss. And that's Drew backwards and forwards, like a, a made-up uh, palindrome. It's not even a real palindrome. It's one <laughs> I made up. So There you go. 
And, and you can contact Drew for commissions too. But I mean, I do have to wait till after Heroes, probably. Yeah, I, I am uh, hooked up solid for right now. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty. I'm pretty. Uh, Dude's doing three books and commissions. You're trying to kill him. No, I'm just trying to help him out. <laughs> I know. I'm just <laughs> being silly with you. So, Drew, it's always a pleasure to talk to you, my friend. Uh, you know, we love you and we wish nothing but the best for you. So. Yes, and thank you for coming on Word Bros. Oh, thank you for having me, bros. You may be, you may be like, remember how uh, Dave Chappelle used to just show up on Conan O'Brien all the time when they couldn't get guests? You, you may be our Dave Chappelle. Like, if we can't get anybody, we're just going to talk to you. That's fine. I'm, I'm, I'm here every night. You know, I'm, I'm chained to this thing. So, uh, I gotta. We got to get our tattoos, man. Yeah. Fellowship of Men. You gonna do it, Bobby? I don't care. I have no. I have enough stupid tattoos as it is. I don't care. What's what? Let's do it. Let's That's do what it. I'm saying. Man. I want to get do it in Charlotte. I want to get a. You're pink, not gonna be a hero. Let's be, do it in West Virginia. Like the worst I, place to get tattooed. I'm not getting ever. tattooed in West Virginia. <laughs> no, neither am I. I mean, I'll I, take I'll take the dive in West Virginia. I I sucked on the toes. If we do anything in West Virginia, we're going to Biscuit World because I uh, had an epiphany and it was fantastic. Biscuits and gravy, biscuits. dude. Oh my god, my mom and I were driving through. We stopped at Biscuit World. I was like, now nah, this place sucks. Let's not go there. But we went there and holy smokes, it was amazing. So when we go to Huntington this year, we're eating at Biscuit World. It's right down the street from the hotel. Yeah, it's right down. It's on like 29th or something. It's like right down the street. That's what we went to. It was amazing. You gonna get mugged? Nah, bro. <laughs> Huntington loves me, son. They were like, weren't you just doing karaoke? He's like, yeah. man. That's I right, baby. 1999. I mean, so. I'm not dissing Huntington at all. I, I grew up in Charleston, um, and I. But man, it was sketchy walking home to the hotel room at like 11:30 at night. I tell you what, though, man, I like that town, man. That that con is amazing. It is. It's, People it's, are very nice. In I will say it's one of my favorite shows. Um, if Heroes didn't exist, uh, it probably would be there. So, yeah. Um, yeah, if it was more than one day, too. Uh, like a two-day show would be fantastic. Yeah, I don't so know if it could I, sustain a two-day. No, because I talked to the dudes, and we're going to talk to them, too, probably before we uh, before their, their show in June. They know. They know that they know they got a great thing as a one day show and they're not gonna mess with it. And that's why I love it. Yeah, James and uh Eric. Are great James Maddox. They James are. Maddox is a great dude. And so is yeah. Eric Watkins. They have a broken icon is with their thing. But we'll talk to those guys further down the road. Yeah, yeah. Stop talking about them on my show. <laughs> 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 Drew, it's, a, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. And again, go to your local comic shops and buy Copperhead. Do it immediately. You will not be. And, and if you don't buy Copperhead, buy The Colonized. Yeah, Colonized is a great book, man. So. Or Terrible Lizard or Blood Feud. I love Terrible Lizard. That's that's one of my favorite things that you've done. So, All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, right. Drew Moss, it's always a pleasure. Thanks, guys. Thanks, man. Thank you. All right. That was uh, Drew Moss, our dear friend, Drew. Love he was him. great. He is. He's always he's always a lot of fun to talk to. Drew knows more about comics than I will ever. I mean, just right now, he's forgotten more about comics than I'll ever know. Like just just talking to him is just it's we almost like the same thing, which is crazy because yeah. we 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 didn't know each other like that. And then I was telling you, well, this is something that Drew kind of taught me. I was, this is he, me too. <laughs> Remember you said like, he taught me that too. And I was like, he's a great teacher. That's one thing I'll say about Drew is like, he likes to teach uh, up and coming uh, writers and artists about comics. And yeah. So 
the, the greatest thing that I've always found about uh, Drew is is his ability to teach, uh, which which I, I remember uh, a guy I listened to saying, uh, when you teach something, you get to learn it twice. Mm-hmm. So that, I think that Drew definitely embodies that because yeah. he definitely uh, likes to to carry on traditions and stuff in, in comic books and and put that out to newer people coming up in comics and, and give them an idea of of what they should be doing he's taught he's taught me how to to write and he's taught me how to love <laughs> and the cool part is like i've seen i don't know if you've seen him do Very it lovable. <laughs> i've seen him do it where like he'll just be straight up ruthless like he, one year we were at heroes and he was just straight ruthless with somebody she handed him like she was like hey would you like to see my portfolio she was like yeah sure that's cool she went to some uh fancy pants art school and her portfolio was basically like notebook paper, like lined notebook paper with drawings on it. He's like, yeah, that's why he was ruthless. He felt yeah. insulted. Yeah. He was like, this is what your portfolio is. Like, this is what you're wasting your parents' money on. Like, this is it. Like, this is what, how you represent yourself. And I was like, Oh snap. And because he takes, which is weird because drew like, like nobody out there. Know, we, we know drew, but a lot of people don't know him. He, is such a laid back, like, yes. awesome, like normal, like if it would have been just like, you know, like off brand, uh, you know, comic book paper that you're supposed to use, he probably wouldn't have said anything. But the fact that she brought it to him on that lined loose leaf paper, just, he felt insulted. I would yeah. imagine, you know, the way I, the way I know Drew, that's what it was. He was like, I can't believe you insulted your parents' money and you insulted me by bringing this to me. Yeah. To it yeah. was it was ruthless, and I was like, "Damn!" Somebody's like, "You know what, man? Like, I've never this, seen that. This is something that you have to do. Like, this is something that you have to give your all to. You have to dedicate, you know, time that you don't want to 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 to, to kind of advance yourself. You know, it's 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 a cruel mistress. This comic. Well, well, the cool thing I have seen him do that wasn't that wasn't mean or ruthless, but was kind of like uh, just kind of matter of fact. Was a dude was like. Yeah, yeah, I kind of do this as a hobby, and he handed it. Drew looked through it and he handed it back to him. He goes, "It's cool," and then that's all he said. Yeah, the guy's like, "Oh, that, that, that's it," and he's like, "Yeah, you said you were just trying to do it for a hobby. For a hobby, it's great." Yeah, the guy just looked shocked and stunned and walked away. And, and Drew's like, I "Hate when people say that I just want to do it for a hobby. If if you want to be a pro, like, and you're asking me to look at it from a pro standpoint, then I totally will. But if you're saying I just do this as a hobby, you don't need me to look at it." <laughs> So yeah, no, it's true. It's, it's good insight, man. He always does. And like, he's also very eager to talk to people at shows about comics, about anything, man. Like he's just yeah. a good dude. He's a good nut, man. I like Drew a lot. He's a good guy. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy to call him a friend. I am as well. And um, yeah, so that's that man. So, you know, oh, well, here's something we haven't talked about on word bros. Uh, uh, I actually, well, to be fair, Kevin, it's only the second issue. I mean, it's only the second episode. So episode, yeah, 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 that's true. Give it some time. Okay, I, I actually uh, did the Toe of Satan challenge. Do you know what that is, Bobby? I have no idea. It is the world's hottest lollipop. Ah. Um, and the reason why that came up was because when we went to uh, uh, what was the name of that place we went to that, that uh, Joella's uh, Joella's Hot Chicken in Lexington, Kentucky. It was so yummy. It was great, and I got the hottest that you could yes. get. What was it called? Like the fire in the hole. Fire in the hole. Fire in the hole is the kind of chicken I got, and it was hot, but it wasn't like oh my god, hot. You were showing showing off for Kyle Starks and Rico and all this, (laughs) dude. You're like, I'm gonna make these guys like me, so I'm gonna eat the hottest chicken imaginable. 
And you, you, you sucked <laughs> it did. down. You it. sucked it down. It was good. It was. It went. It went wonderfully with the waffles. So Drew's like, "How hot is it?" I'm like, "It's not that hot." And so he's like, "Cut me off a piece." So I cut him off a piece and I gave it to him. He, he bite of it. And then he looked over me. He's like, "Fuck you!" Because it was. It was. It, yeah. it, I, it. In all fairness to Joella's, it was very hot, but it wasn't the hottest thing I've ever eaten. It, it had nice flavor to it too. It was quite yummy. It was. I loved it. Yeah. Um. So so then he goes. He goes, look, I found this thing called the Toe of Satan. I'm like, I was, and I, I was like, uh, I don't know. Like, that looks kind of like, he said it's 9 million Scoville units. And let me tell you. What does that mean? Okay, a Scoville unit is exactly how hot something is. So okay. if you need a reference, the hottest pepper that, they, that you can get is the Carolina Reaper. And that's like 2 million Scoville units. All right. All right. So how, what was this? What was this you said? Nine million, seven Ooh, times really? hotter than the than wow. the Carolina Reaper, and I've actually eaten a Carolina Reaper, one Carolina Reaper. I actually ate two of them uh, on a dare, uh, and a lot of people puke from it because it's that hot. It was hot, it was really hot, but I had milk and I had beer afterwards. I was fine. I was like, it's not that bad. I sweated a little, um, had some sweat. That that's what the Carolina Reaper did. This toe was Satan. Let me tell you, it was insane. It was insanely hot. Like, you have to keep it in your mouth for five minutes. That's what she said. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't know. And you ate, you ate this. Well, not I like, why, though? Why did, you, I swallowed it. why did you do this? Like, why? That's what she said. Because he was like, I think you could do it. And I said, I think I could do it, too. It, it does, it, but at first, I didn't think. Like, the first two minutes, I was fine. Uh-huh. But about minute number three, I was doing calisthenics around around Drew's living room, which is good. You can eat the exercise every now and then. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was but doing like a- hockey calisthenics. In fact, somebody was playing Eye of the Tiger, uh, and uh, Andrew was playing Eye of the Tiger. And I'm like, I need I need some championship music right now because this is hot. This is ridiculous. Like, yeah, you have a son to think about, Kevin. You have something to live for, sir. You're not just some loose, fancy, free guy. If a lollipop killed me, that would be that would have been crazy. That'd huh? have been awful. You'd have been dead. <laughs> And then it just be the word bro. <laughs> One word, bro. But yeah, that thing was hot, man. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm glad you survived. I'm glad I you am survived. too. It was and now I can now I can use it like a champion. Like no one can ever take my 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 word bro card. Like I've got a word bro card, and I can be like, no, no, bro. You might lift, bro, but you haven't done toe of Satan. You haven't done toe. I didn't even know what that was. I didn't even know. But so congratulations. Like look congratu- it up. Congratulations, I guess. Yeah, well, these people puking and losing their minds. I didn't puke or anything. I did shake. I had the shakes. You shook. All right. It was that hot. You yes. shook, son? You shook? I did. I was shook. I was shook a little bit at the end of it. But I did make it through. I didn't puke, and I, I didn't have all those other reactions that people were talking about that they had online. Like, I actually threw up. And I'm like, yeah, like, that's likely because I've had really – the first time I was exposed to really, really hot stuff in Louisiana, I did also throw up. But I was like, that was a long time ago. It's never happening again. I put more points on my constitution on my character sheet. That's what I did. <laughs> <laughs> See, when I eat really hot stuff, which I, I mean, I like hot stuff, I just start to hiccup a lot. I do that too. Yeah, I hiccup. Um, I did have the hiccups after that, but but Drew was nice enough to have milk on hand, and uh, I drank I drank like three or four cups of Fairlife chocolate milk. Oh, lovely. Um, and it kind of killed the, the heat a little bit. That's good. The after effect of taking the lollipop out was way worse. Interesting. Yes, it was hot for like 15 minutes afterwards. That's cool. One of the dudes there touched it to his tongue, and he's like, my tongue was burning for like 10 minutes. And I was like, wow. It was really hot. Well, I'm I'm glad you did it, I guess. No, no, I'm not saying I'm glad I did. I just just had to 
had to prove something. You think you're better than me, Kevin? Is that what you're saying? Climb that mountain because it was there. Think you're better than me? Okay, you get a toa Satan. I don't. I'm good. that kind of time <laughs> or the financial resources to just go out and buy really hot lollipops for no they're eight bucks too that's a problem. I, can't, I mean i kevin that's a you know what i mean that's a I, that did take a food off my kid's table maybe <laughs> but, all right well i'm kevin uh, and i'm bob and thank you for listening to the word bros podcast you can't see this but i'm we're doing metal meddling. we're doing metal shark bros <laughs> soon soon hopefully <laughs> <laughs> like uh like like old double dragon stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's what we do. Double yeah. double dragon of comic <laughs> You're listening to the Word Bros Podcast, the wordbros.com.